Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World. This episode is brought to you by the Conversational Academy. If you're looking for a place to go to learn how to be a conversation designer, whether or not you're looking to break into the industry or whether or not you're in the industry looking to top up your knowledge, then this course by the Conversational Academy is exactly ideal for you. You should check it out. It's online. You can do it at your own pace. You can work through it at your own time you don't have to go to a specific location at a specific time it's put together by Hans van Dam of Robocopy presented by Hans van Dam really charismatic really knowledgeable chap we've had him on the podcast previously talking about this stuff this course takes you through the details the intricate details of everything you need to know to be a conversation designer If you're looking to top up your knowledge or if you're looking to learn to break into this space, you're looking to gather what it takes to to design conversations and create voice user interfaces, then check out the Conversational Academy. The link is in the show notes. And if you're on the website, the link is on the website as well. Thank you, Conversational Academy, for presenting this episode. I'm a little bit quieter today. My son is asleep in his bedroom. We've been getting him into his cot. We've been uh, trialing, getting him out of our room, into his own room, into his cot. And his room is below my room where I am right now, my office or studio, should I say, if I want to be fancy. So (laughs) so I'm not shouting my mouth off. I'm trying to be a little bit quieter than usual. Um, But on today's podcast, it's an absolutely amazing one. Dustin and myself have had an amazing conversation with Greg Hedges, the VP of Emerging Experiences at Rain. If you haven't checked out the podcast that we did last year with Rain Agency with uh, Jason Herndon and Will Hall, uh, check it out because it is a fantastic kind of door opener, should we say? Is that a phrase? Door opener? It opens the door to Rain Agency anyway, lets you know a little bit about what they're about and their three core pillars in voice of strategy, creativity and technology. And Greg today kind of builds on that and he shares a little bit about what's changed, you know, running and and, and being part of a large voice agency solely focused on voice, uh, building some of the most used and most headline-grabbing Alexa skills and Google Assistant actions. They um, launched a pair of trainers with Nike with a, a Google Assistant action for Nike. They've launched the Kung Fu Panda skill with DreamWorks and Amazon Alexa. That's what we're going to talk about today with Greg because Greg was involved in, in some of the design work uh, for that. They've obviously worked with Tide, they've worked with Campbell's, they've worked with Starbucks, they've done stuff with Sesame Street. They, you know, they've worked with a, a shed load of brands. So to, to understand from, from Greg what changed in the environment and in the ecosystem from when they first started looking at this stuff in 2015 to what it's like now and how the brands uh, that they're working with, their understanding has developed and things have moved from more tactical implementations to more strategic implementations. So it's a really good conversation to get a grip of, of what changed and where the landscape is right now uh, and then we talk about uh, a little bit about Kung Fu Panda and about the uh, the techniques used and the process used and working with intellectual property from DreamWorks and working with voice actors and, and all this kind of stuff it's really interesting to get into uh, into that kind of things with, with Greg um, and we've got a few sound effects from the skill as well to take us through the different sections of this podcast the first section chamber one should we say is uh, is focused on rain focused on what's changed from now uh or rather from 2015 to today 
Uh, and then the second phase is looking at Kung Fu Panda and some of the techniques and tools and processes used uh, in building building out that skill. So absolutely immense conversation. We absolutely loved it. This is Rain Week on the podcast this week. We've got Matt Lang uh, of Rain Agency and Nick Rovisa talking to us about the work they've been doing with Nike and with Unilever. Uh, so there's two episodes this week, both with Rain, uh, and it's absolutely immense stuff you're going to learn a heck of a lot this week from the best in the business so without further ado ladies and gentlemen this is greg hedges from rain on vux world vux world vux world vux world vux world branding with the big faces i love listening to it Kane Sims, the one and only Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about boys. Without further ado, welcome to the show. That is awesome. We can start right away. Step with me into the first chamber. Cool. Okay. Well, hello there, Dustin. How's tricks? <laughs> what are what are tricks, Kane? Is this uh, English ism coming through again? Yeah, well, have you never heard this phrase? How's tricks? Never heard it. No, it really? reminds me of trick cereal. Do you have that in the UK? No, we we've got some cultural we've got some cultural yeah, barriers here. We're just not going to be able to bridge this. I think we're going to need Greg to step in and, and see if he can translate between the two of us, perhaps. If we're talking about cereal, I love cereal and happy to spend as much time digressing into that as possible. <laughs> Do you say house tricks? Have you heard that phrase before, Greg? N- never, never. Really? I, I thought of the same thing when you said it. I thought about the bunny and uh, some fruity cereal. Wow, that's interesting. So it means, how are you doing? I, uh, yeah, how, it just means how's things, you know, how, how's, how's stuff, how's stuff going? Oh, well, in that case, tricks are great, Kane. How, how's tricks with you? <laughs> tricks, tricks are uh, just fine, absolutely fine. Greg, how's tricks? Tricks are great. I'm living the fantastic, life. <laughs> fantastic. Boys and girls, we are joined by Greg Hedges, the VP of Emerging Experiences at Rain. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. It's great to, uh, or having me, sorry. Thanks. Great to talk to you, Kane. It's great to talk to you. I hear your voices all the time. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, what you all are doing and the conversations you're having and, and facilitating are such an important part of uh, us all as the voice community at large, uh, really learning from each other because there's so much happening and so many great things happening. So I, I appreciate you wanting to even have me be part of that conversation. So thank you very much. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Rain. Uh, so we had Will Hall and Jason Herndon on uh, on the podcast previously. That was probably I forget when it was. It might have been kind of May or June time last year, um, and it was a really, really interesting episode. One of the the you know literally one of the best ones I think we had. It was all around the, those three pillars that you have at Rain: the the technology, creativity, and uh, strategy kind of uh, philosophy, which is really, really interesting. Um, so looking forward to this. And we've got another podcast this week, which in fact, by the time this one is out, we would have already had it with Matt and Nick as well, discussing some of the other stuff you've been going on there. So we've got a rain week this week. Greg. <laughs> I think uh, hopefully our listeners will appreciate that, but uh, we, we certainly do. So yeah, this is great. I think so. I mean, you, so rain for, for those that don't know, Greg, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, uh, about yourself and about rain, but rain at the moment is the, the leading agency, isn't it over in America for, for voice first stuff. 
Uh, we're certainly, yeah, we're, we are enjoying uh, a good run here and um, yeah, having some great conversations and been able to work with some great um, you know, brands and, and companies in order to help them figure out where they should even execute invoice, let alone build some of these um, skills or actions or other uh, applications that we, we'll talk a little bit about here. But yeah, we are, um, we've been around for quite a while. Over the last few years, we've been more focused in on the voice landscape. Um, we like to consider ourselves as sitting at the intersection of marketing and technology. So we have, um, I think, you know, the conversation you had with Will and Jason, we have these the full service of creative strategy and engineering in-house. So we can not just uh, propose things that uh, may be fun, but can't be built, or we can't just, you know, we don't just make things that, um, or, or design things that, you know, have a lot of flash, but maybe not ladder up to a larger goal. Um, or we don't just build things that may not be based in, you know, some consumer needs or some business goals. We, you know, really think about it holistically. And so having everybody at the table, having those conversations allows us um, to take advantage of um, the opportunity that we were afforded by being a pioneer in voice and, and conversational AI and, um, and really think through some, some, great, uh, hopefully it felt that way, uh, experiences for our clients. We uh, like to think in systems, which I know is something that I believe uh, Will and, and team talked about in the last time as well. But we really like to think about how voice fits in, in the overall ecosystem for uh, an organization. And so it's not just a one-off or a shiny object, even if it might, you know, um, be a promotional tool, um, you know, it, it still should tie into the larger ecosystem. So we really think about that. Um, and, you know, I think over time, our, our our kind of level of altitude of, of where we've operated has evolved quite a bit, you know, as one would expect, but it used to be that we got very tactical requests. Can you build this, you know, recipe experience or can I, I'd like this very specific, you know, uh, naming skill or whatever it might be. And now people come to us with some of the bigger questions they're facing because they, they believe in voice. They see a little bit more about where it's going either because of what you all are doing, others are doing or how we've educated them. And now they want to know about what their strategy for voice should be over the next um, several years. And they're thinking about it in a way that maybe they didn't think about things when it came to um, mobile or social or other things that organizations may have um, played a little bit close to the chest or even missed the boat on. And so they're seeing, you know, uh, where this is all headed. And unfortunately um, we're, we're getting to work with some of them. Um, if, I guess just a little bit about me. I've, I've uh, been at Rain for the last nine years um, and really enjoyed my time here. I've been in digital marketing over the last 19 um, and started out in graphic design. So I started, uh, you know, in, in more of a, even a print and, and website kind of background and um, worked with a lot of uh both on the agency side, but also in-house. I worked with some comic properties back with uh, King Features, who owns the rights to like Popeye and Betty Boop and a lot of uh, comic characters that are kind of the old school characters of the past, but got to do some fun things, kind of learning about my design skills and how to, how to engage people uh, through those uh, means. And then uh, found my way into teaching for a little while. I taught uh, graphic design at Syracuse University for quite a bit. And uh, I guess four years, it's not necessarily quite a bit, but a little while. And then um, and then found my way to Rain. So it's been a good journey. And then, um, gosh, 2015, uh, in working with a client, uh, found my way into voice, which brings us here today. What? Um, from Pivot into Voice in 2015, and when, when we spoke to Will and, and Jason, that was one of the things that they said was that Rain now focuses exclusively on 
voice and, and going back to 2015 it wasn't in the you know the echo wasn't even out in the uk at that point presumably it just launched in in the us so you're obviously in there pretty early on and then you mentioned that now clients are coming to you asking some of the bigger questions which i'm assuming they weren't doing that in 2015 so what's changed in the voice landscape from your perspective as, as an agency servicing clients what's changed either from from your perspective and the way that you're thinking about voice or from a client's perspective in terms of how the clients are wanting to approach it yeah i think in terms of how the clients are wanting to approach it um, I think what we've seen even is a shift into where voice sits within an organization. At first, when we were starting to work with uh, brands uh, in 2015, it was a lot in the innovation teams, right? Like there was, it's kind of emerging in the space that people have the right to play with some of these newer technologies where they're not 100% sure uh, where they want to you know, bet the future on. Um, but we've seen it actually shift into marketing capacities and to, um, even into, you know, the technology and kind of IT world and information systems. People are really thinking about this more holistically. Uh, they're thinking about it, not just in terms of, uh, when, when people think about voice quite often, when we first start talking to them, they, they do think of the cylindrical device on a desk. They think of an echo, they think of a, a Google home. And so, you know, now that's actually branching out and people are thinking of the broader implications of this. People come asking about things like voice search or um, even, um, you know, how to, how to think about voice commerce or maybe even they have some um, thing or need that they've thought of that might be a little bit more bespoke where we might want to integrate voice into uh, another one of our channels or one of our products uh, in order to help uh, create a better experience for their customers, whoever they might be. So, you know, we are definitely seeing that shift um, in terms of how people think about it. Uh, and I think it's just some of it's the natural evolution. You know, it, it is, you know, something that's stuck around for a little while. So now people are starting to figure out some of it is the, it's the kind of the cultural impact of it. It's being talked about. And so, you know, the more it's being talked about, the more they want to understand it and, and figure out how to harness some of that energy. And the other is, I think it's the realization of what we wanted to do forever. Uh, we've been kind of painting this, you know, from the beginning and science fiction and, and everywhere else. And now we're at this place where it's possible. And so um, I think there's just a lot to think through uh, and a lot more implications that come from it, tying back to all those places where voice can touch that, yeah, you have to think about it in the right way or the impact, if you really believe in it, 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 it can be quite uh, powerful in the wrong way to miss out on it. Um, and I think, you know, again, where people have sat and watched the sidelines or on the sidelines, I should say, um, in the past with something like social, um, you know, or mobile, uh, this is something where the stakes are maybe even higher because voice can be in more places than, you know, a keyboard or, you know, uh, any other of those, those examples can be, uh, voice can, um, voice can just impact us in, in a more powerful way. It says something about how we need to understand the people we're talking to and about kind of uh, even how we surface, you know, there's the risk. And I think, you know, when people talk about voice search, there's often that risk that they think of, of being invisible because what happens if someone searches for us, we can't see pages. We can't have a conversation around pages of search results. Now we need to have an answer. And so how do we become that answer? So I think, I think it's a lot of that. It's like, it's the evolution, it's the cultural side, but it's also the impact of, of where it's going once they believe. Uh, Greg, what are some of the biggest surprises for you? If you think back to your mindset when you were first getting into this, when Rain asked you or you approached Rain, hey, I want to work on voice, compared to where it is today, 
how does that line up? Is it about what you thought or is it quite different? Uh, in some ways it's, it's about what I thought, but it's, it's a lot different at the same time. So, I mean, I have the excitement of, I remember, you know, working on, I, I had been working on the digital strategy and, and kind of figuring out, um, for Campbell's, what their recipe property Campbell's Kitchen should should be like. What's their system? You know, what's their ecosystem in terms of their website, their app, their email and social and everything else, and how they all fit together. And really, what we surfaced through that was, you know, kind of you know that people wanted a voice of authority to tell them what to make for dinner. And in any event, um, you know, we in creating the experience around that. It just for from a creative standpoint, it was amazing to me. I've been working and trying to create uh, and plan for these visual experiences for my entire uh, career. And now I have this thing that had no visual attached to it um, and had me more excited, I think, than some of the things I'd ever done before, probably apart from teaching. And I think it was just, uh, you know, for me, it just all started to fall into place. I remember sitting on a plane. We had gone to Seattle. I'd gone to Amazon's offices. Uh, there may have been like 40 or 50 skills at the time, but you know, they saw the promise of where it was going. We saw the promise of where it was going. And we had met with a few potential clients out there. And I just sat on the plane and just wrote all the articles I wanted to write about voice, you know, voice in healthcare, how it's going to help people with dementia and voice in education and how it could revolutionize, uh, you know, the, the classroom experience for students and, and gaming. And I just, it just trickled out of me, just all the excitement. And I saw this as my future at that point, And I just saw all the different ways that I could touch retail, everything that we've started to see come to life, the healthcare I mentioned before, and that, you know, big news on that last week in terms of Amazon opening up, um, you know, it just a kind of allowing for in a, in a different way for some of the, to get around some of the regulations um, in terms of some of the, privacy related to healthcare, which is very important. Um, but again, I, you know, I saw, uh, for me, it's kind of what got me going and keeps me fueled. And, you know, I, I do think a lot of that has come to life quite quickly. And I think, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, movement and just, you know, just, even just the way that we've shifted a rain, you know, it, it was kind of a side thing that we did for a client and then it became everything that we're doing. And, you know, we see these communities like voice two and, um, you know, other communities and, and people and, and voice summit. And yeah, just, there's so many uh, ways that this has just blown up so fast. If you think about it, I mean, that's four years ago we're talking about. Um, and two of which there wasn't, you know, like you said, came like there wasn't, um, globally the perspective on it hasn't even been you know that long and then also even just from a competitive standpoint it hasn't even been that long when you really think about it, a couple of years ago you know we had google assistant you know uh take more of a hold in terms of where it stood in the race so in any event i, I do think things have moved pretty quickly dustin to answer your question but uh, certainly uh, there's a lot more excitement to come and uh, you know i guess we're along for the ride it's it's funny that you mentioned the the hippa news which was really exciting i think that's perfectly illustrative to me of how we're getting to where we want it to be. I remember it, probably back in 2015, maybe early 2016 at that point, uh, having a call with a couple people who wanted an Alexa skill built for them, who wanted uh, to remind people to take their medicine and to, uh, to, re uh, to have recommendations or not recommendations, but alarms that says, hey, you need to take your medicine. And I remember having that conversation saying, well, you can do alarms, you can do notifications, you can do HIPAA, there's all these things you can do, and now you know we're filling that in and we're really able to do those things that we wanted to do all along. Has Rain's philosophy 
changed and how you approached building these voice applications over the past few years? Uh, I think some of our processes changed. I wouldn't necessarily say our philosophy. I think that kind of system thinking has always been part of who we are. Um, so I wouldn't say that that side of things has really changed. It's evolved a little bit, you know, the system and kind of how we think about all the places that it touches has. But in terms of, you know, um, you know how we need to think about this, I guess, I guess as I'm thinking on the fly here, I, yeah, I mean, in some, in some ways, you know, I think thinking through uh, what the impact of, uh, of voice as an entry point might be, right? So, you know, as we think about the, the system, if voice is an entry point, how are we going to make sure that we um, connect people to the larger ecosystem? How do we make sure that we tap into um, maybe some of the, the data that they're sharing uh, with us in terms of their behavior or that, that we collect because of the conversation and then utilize that throughout the system in order to have a really true bigger conversation with them over time. Um, and I think that's kind of where we've always been. Um, so I don't, again, I don't know if our philosophy has really changed, but our, certainly our process, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the creative side of it um, and really weaving more and more of that into our process as well as, um, you know, really making sure that we're um, pushing all the right buttons in terms of the technology that we use and the systems that we're integrating with um, and even our UX design process, you know, that, that part has evolved for sure. What, what are some of the examples of some of the things that, that might have changed or some of the things that you do now that you didn't used to do? Yeah, I think uh, probably better for everyone. I was writing all the scripts for a long time. Uh, so for our first few experiences, uh, I was pulling the, the levers there behind the scenes um, and, and writing out the scripts and thinking through, you know, the the way that we approached it. I'm not, you know, I'm belittling myself a little bit here, but I, yeah, I, I, we have a, a team of people that really have been able to pick that apart and think through, um, you know, the way that we should consider a conversation. I think on the creative side, you know, we've really been able to weave in a little bit more of, of that into our, our process. And certainly from a strategic perspective, because there was a time where we were getting um, some requests, uh, a lot of them that were uh, very tactical, you know, that people knew exactly what they wanted. And there were some, you know, at first where, we always would try to pump the brakes a little bit and say like, should we really make that naming skill? Should we really do this thing? You know, are you sure it's going to give you what you want in the end? Um, and uh, over time, we've been actually able to harness those conversations into a more of a strategic roadmap uh, and help them see the bigger picture of really what do we want to impact? You know, what, what are we trying to do? Not just from an inside of the house kind of goal conversation, but those are important but also from a consumer need perspective, what do they really need and what conversation are they looking to have? And then also what's out there. You know, like if, if we've done a few recipe skills um, and, you know, the space is pretty cluttered, you know, and so as we do, an, if we were ever to consider another one, it's really important to map out where does this fit? Um, and so, yeah, I think like from that strategic side, that's probably been uh, some of the biggest shift is just making sure that, you know, we are, pushing the conversation in the right direction um, and also pushing it out too, as I mentioned before, not just thinking about a skill or an action, but the bigger picture of, of what voice means. Hmm. You mentioned also that the technology's changed. Is that what, what, how has that sort of changed? Is it that you're using different tools? Is it that you've got different processes? What's changed on the, on the technology side? Yeah. I mean, in terms of, of the development efforts, yeah, 
I think our team and um, you talked to Jason before, you know, Steven Hansen, who's our CTO was right by my side in those first days of uh, creating our first skills. Yeah. I think we've been able to, um, you know, make sure that as we're building, we're not building, you know, uh, one-offs either. We're building through this kind of system, even internally and, and externally, there's a uh, framework called Voxo that we created. And so uh, that is out there. It's an open source framework that allows us to make sure that we can um, uh, build uh, these experiences and make sure that we're thinking about the experience and that as we think through how it deploys or, you know, how we uh, build the interaction model, that those things are obviously very important considerations, but that we can utilize whatever, if it's, you know, Dialogflow or if it's uh, Alexa, whatever platform we're using, we can kind of speak in their language, but it's always starting from like the experience perspective. Um, but our developers have been amazing in terms of shaping that, you know, and even with, we're always evolving it and there's the community is helping evolve it too. Um, but we are always um, updating that. So uh, we've always tracked analytics and you know, I know we may talk about a little bit about that today, but um, we've integrated that into Voxa. We've, you know, made sure that people can, um, uh, have an easy way of managing the content within their skills using Voxa. And so you know, from a development perspective, we just continue to evolve uh, that as well as the tools that we use, um, you know, in terms of any of the integrations that we may need to make or maybe even have to build for people. So in some cases, we may need to update an API or build one in order to access some information so that we're making sure that we're not just kind of um, making something that goes off into the ether. If we're really going to have a conversation with the people that we're building these experiences for, then we need to make sure that we're capturing that in some capacity so that it can be utilized elsewhere. And so you touched on this a little bit in that you're building for, you know, an extended period of time. You don't want it just to be a one-off. And then you talked about the analytics as well. When you're building these out, what type of data do you look at and how do you track that? Yeah, so as we're building uh, an experience, uh, we uh, initially, as, as um, others might, like we're going to think through what are we trying to get out of this? You know, what are those KPIs? And we'll think through those higher level areas of, you know, where we're trying to move the business or, you know, affect in terms of, um, you know, the, the business goals that exist. But uh, then when we get down to actually planning the experience, we actually go through. So we create, um, uh, we create a state machine you know, so that we can make sure that we track progress. Um, and we use a state machine diagram. Um, and within that diagram, we will track every single, uh, on every single response. And even in between, you know, the paths that exist there, we're making sure that we're tracking an event. So we use Google analytics, um, and, um, we will track, uh, everything from where it is to the, the, the for a label we're using, maybe it's an, it's a slot, you know, so we're capturing in some information so that we know exactly what was said. Um, and we can map that back later on to perhaps enhancements that we need to make. Um, we also integrate with Dashbot. So, uh, we're tracking and making sure that we you know, are, are using a platform that was designed for conversation as well for tracking analytics. Um, and, then when we do our reporting, uh, we can come in and we can say, you know, here's the big picture of where things are at in terms of the goals that we have. Here's some examples of how people are actually using the experience. Maybe here's some places where it's not working so well and we may want to focus on optimization here. Here's some places that, for instance, we did a, a 
skill for an insurance company that um, had a glossary of, of insurance terms that were part of it, as well as different types of insurance that they sold. And we made sure that we backfilled the slot with all the sort of uh, extras that people might ask about that we may not just have an answer for right now. And then we're able to come to them and say, here's what people are asking for that you don't offer right now. Here's the type of insurance they, they think you offer, or here's this definition or this term they don't seem to understand. You should um, have something for that. We should up, update the skill for that. And here's an indication of where people might want to go. Um, and so it really allows us to um, understand kind of the full path through there, if that makes sense. You know, we really want to just, um, we don't blanket it with analytics just to kind of track everything. It's really to allow us to tell the holistic story of the journey through the experience, as well as, you know, where we can make it a better conversation moving forward. Is that what you're, are you using Google Analytics for that bit, for tracking the things that people are saying that you don't cater for? And we do, yeah, we, as much as possible. So how, how do you get hold of the things that people are saying that you don't, that you have a response to? Yeah, so, I mean, some of it relates to the, the intents that we already kind of plan for, right? So we, we just make sure that we plan through uh a slot that has, it's very robust. It goes, you know, kind of within our world beyond uh, what we might offer. So we're making sure that we're kind of uh, digging deep. Um, so that's part of it. Um, and then, you know, certainly um, with other, like Alexa, we don't get the transcript of what someone says, um, but we get enough of their intent. Um, and then on, you know, Dialogflow, we do get a little bit more information. So we're able to, to track some of that and store and, and then kind of review that if we need to for, um, updating things moving forward. And can you just explain a little bit about how you go about you? Cause I'm assuming most people listening to this will use the standard Alexa dashboard, you know, and they might use dashboard. We've had Artie Merritt on the podcast last year talking about the dashboard platform. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, but for, so that from a Google analytic, from a from a Google Assistant perspective, gives you quite a lot because I think Google gives you a lot more data in the first place. Whereas the standard dashboard for Alexa uh, isn't necessarily that detailed. So how do you go about setting up tracking for Google Analytics, and what extra information do you get from that? So we um, will integrate Google Analytics, set up an, you know, an account, and um, we've actually built it into our Voxo, which has a command line interface. It's, it's for people that are far better developers than I am, but um, but certainly can be used. Um, but yeah, we we will go through and make sure that in our state machine diagram, essentially all the all the stops in our state, right? Like all the all the responses that are there, we will just you know we have an event code you know line that we'll put in there that allows us to um to track uh, that information so um you know it just becomes something that it's it's like any other digital property you know that we have this entity that's there and now it's we're passing it information as if it's a website or an app even but we're telling it you know specifically this is in the the help flow or this is in the first chamber or you know any of the other kind of um places within the experience that we might want to group things and then we'll very, and we try to do it in very human terms, you know, like this is someone asking for a recipe. And then within that, we'll have a label of they asked for a chicken recipe or a kid friendly recipe or, um, you know, soup recipe. And so then we'll know how many times someone's done that. Um, and so, yeah, it just becomes a matter of, uh, 
some of the, the 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 more adept people in our development world translating what us on the uh, creative UX and strategy side are putting out there into our diagram of what we're looking to collect. Hmm. I can imagine that being quite useful because I'm assuming that with that you'll then be able to use like the event floor and get a diagram of how people have progressed through the skill if you're tracking each stage as an event you'll be able to actually see where people drop off and all that stuff within google analytics won't you that's correct yeah we had totally what we do we're watching that behavioral flow and um and you know Dash, dashbot i mentioned them like they obviously have some um you know offerings there in relation to the flow and and they're they're more voice focused so you know they're going to talk about intents in terms of where what are what's being triggered and and you're going to get a little bit of that um, more interaction model based uh, knowledge that's just a voice platform, you know, it, it's done with that in mind. So you get a little bit more um, focused analytics there, but with Google analytics, we've found that we've been able to really, um, you know, collect um, the sea of information and then we can kind of operate on that and help tell the story of what's happening. You, you've mentioned Voxer a few times. Uh, I think everyone listening would probably uh, give me all kinds of abuse if we didn't <laughs> if we didn't have a little bit more of a closer look at, at what Voxer is. I'm looking on the on on the the website and it looks like what is it like a framework or something like that? That's right. It's a framework. It doesn't have uh, a GUI. Um, it, it's definitely a command line interface that you interact with, but it's how we develop all of our experiences. Um, and we uh, created it uh, to allow us to um, to do that in a more consistent manner. Um, and also to make sure uh, we launched this several years ago. And so, you know, we wanted to put something out that um, other people could leverage some of the knowledge that we had been um, gathering in, in terms of uh, our practices and build some voice experiences. Um, and so uh, we uh, will actually utilize it. So while it doesn't have a GUI on our side, you know, I, my, the team that I work with, our user experience team, uh, we will we have a, a spreadsheet and we have a, a we call it our VUI doc, but it's essentially um, where we'll put our responses, our our slots, um, and our developers can export that and it is ingested into Voxa. Um, and then that paired with, uh, we lo use uh, Lucidchart. And so Lucidchart will create a state machine diagram. So us on, on the UX side, will work with the development team and kind of demonstrate the logic of the experience. And um, then um, that also can be uh, built in Voxa as well as um, some of it, including the analytics and even ingested into Voxa now uh, as they export some of the, uh, of the flow. Have you come across Voxer, Dustin? I, I believe so. It's so, Greg. Then it's something that anyone can use. It's not just for internal use inside of Rain. Yeah, that's correct. It's one of those things that um, you know is out there for public use, and it's an open it's an open source framework. So I know people uh, make suggestions or contribute to it. Uh, it's one of those things. We've we also put out a product. Uh, uh, a while back called Reverb, which was way before Amazon had integrated Alexa into the app. And we wanted to give people a way, it was initially started as a way for us to have our testers just have better access to Alexa. But um, it was uh, something that a lot of people ended up downloading and using because it had a Mac OS version, an Android version, and a, um, an iOS version. So, um, so yeah, it's just, we, you know, want to make sure that what we're building, uh, you know, is, is, uh, has a purpose and we think of it, you know, and, and we think of ourselves as part of the bigger community and not saying that, you know, this won't evolve over time. And I think there's a lot that could be done um, with 
what Voxa is and represents. Um, but it does allow us to make sure that, again, that what we're building uh, can be um, can be utilized uh, and that we can do it so in a way that, for instance, uh, when we worked with Headspace, a uh, meditation company, um, we created an Alexa skill for them. They already had their platform and their service, so we kind of just extended it into Alexa. Um, and then we, they wanted to be on Google, and so we were able to uh, utilize the, 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 what we've built through Voxa uh, in order to push that out. And there are more enterprise versions of this as well. So we've taken some of this technology and worked with some of our clients in order to um, leverage the you know kind of the realities of Voxa, but kind of up the levels and up the game for them uh, to maybe have a broader view into their voice experience platform or. Um, you know, tell the story of what's happening, you know, across their divisions, if they're a larger organization. Um, and, and yeah, help, help just kind of tie everything together. All right. Loving that Kung Fu tood. Let's enter the second chamber. So, I mean, yeah, that was, that was, that first part there was absolutely fantastic. I think that was a a really, really interesting discussion there. Um, and you mentioned that you used to do a lot of the the design work and then you kind of moved into more of the kind of strategic stuff, but you did kind of revisit your kind of voice roots recently with the Kung Fu Panda skill, did you not? Did, yes. It was nice. It was nice to get back in and uh, be able to, uh, to, to start kind of uh, designing a bit more, which was great. Cause it's interesting because I've seen... Um, I don't know whether you've seen uh, what Jovo do sometimes. They do like a test in Tuesdays, Florian Holland and uh, Jan Kornick, um, two people who have had on the podcast, Florian has uh, done some co-hosting with us before as well. Um, and yeah, so I, I come across this, the Kung Fu Panda skill through that video on YouTube. And then literally, as luck would have it, uh, we spoke literally about two days after I'd seen the video. And then you told me that you were involved in the design of it. So I thought, well, why not kind of have a bit of a discussion about it? Because it's, you know, from a sound design perspective, it's, it's really good. It's engaging for, for, uh, for kids and stuff like that. And it's really well kind of put together. So I thought it'd be interesting to, to, to sort of dig into it. Do you want to give us a, the kind of overview of, of what it is and the, and the kind of backstory behind it? Sure, absolutely, yeah, and, and again, it was uh, it was fun to be able to to work on because, like you said, it it kind of uh, it comes to life on its own almost. But you know, being able to kind of uh, take that and, and build it into an experience is is quite fun. So we uh, we've worked with. Um, different entertainment uh, organizations before and we've worked even with Amazon before you know on some of uh, the, the properties that they uh, work with for Prime Video or for any of their other um, relationships that they have maybe um, throughout their uh, promotion side as well but um, they came to us and uh, asked you know about uh, working with them on an experience for Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda was is a movie and, and a lot of people know Poe and the characters from that show or movie, uh, uh, kind of because of the movies, but it also is a video series that launched on prime video. And so, uh, as a way of tying into that world, um, Amazon and DreamWorks wanted to put something together that could live in Alexa and allow kids to experience some time training with Poe. Uh, and so that's what it was really all about. It was us. Um, they gave us a playground. And then within that, we kind of dug into the series and the, sh and the movie and the, and the property and really understood, you know, more about 
who this character is and, and kind of, you know, the, the personality of Poe. Um, and uh, certainly he's got a band of students uh, that are pandas that follow him along. And so we thought through, you know, what would it be like for a kid to come into this world and, and to be part of it? You know, they kind of look up to Poe, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the, the master. And so how do we take kids on a journey to become more like Poe? And so that was really what we thought about. And, and we knew we wanted to be a game and, and Amazon and, and DreamWorks knew that as well. So we, you know, at that point, just kind of opened up the door to think through what would it be like to earn your kung fu, you know, training um, and to go through that experience. And so we thought about it, really dug into the, to the show, saw that concept of chambers, and they talk about four constellations, um, but there are four panda students, so that made sense to have four uh, chambers, and then a final training that really takes what you've learned and tests your knowledge uh, that you've built around the, the, the principles of kung fu, as Po uh, has trained you on, um, to then, uh, you know, really make you earn your last uh, step towards that black belt. So that's really what it's all about. There are kind of these four mini games and then a final chamber. Um, and then once you've completed the game, you are you know, more than welcome to kind of retrain or get your brother or sister or friends excited and have them come to it. Um, and it's targeted towards six to 11 year olds. Um, so really, you know, you know, not necessarily, I have a six year old and a four year old, not necessarily for my four year old, but she played it and certainly enjoyed it. Um, and, um, but you know, it, it, we tried to mix in a little bit of, um, a little bit of kind of patience is one of the chambers, but a little bit of like, you know, these skills around listening, uh, skills around compassion, you know, and really kind of trying to, you know, think through situational um, experiences and like, how should we handle ourselves in those situations? Um, it's a kid version of the uh, kind of, would you rather or uh, do this or that type of thing. But it's, it's type of, it, it, it's something that was really interesting. And then also even working in some of the shouts and, you know, some of the more, I guess, recognizable um, areas of, of Kung Fu training, you know, as we picture it, it might not, I'm sure a uh, Kung Fu expert would challenge us on <laughs> the uh, fidelity that we have to it. But at the same time, you know, just kind of trying to tie into some of what people understand of it as well. And um, were you you must have been working fairly close. Were you working fairly closely with DreamWorks then? So it seems as though you must have had access to the footage. I'm presuming, judging by the 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 kind of audio within the skill, you must have had access to voice actors and things like that. Did you? So how how closely were you working with DreamWorks and Amazon on on this? Uh, we worked very closely with Amazon and, and DreamWorks um, as well. We're more closely with Amazon, and you know, just because of the, this being a more of a Prime Video series, and DreamWorks uh, gave us access to all the voice actors from um, the show, so they were an important part of this too, and even improve, approving the scripts and making sure that we were true to the property. So, uh, not to say that they weren't involved, but um, we definitely, you know, wanted to make sure that this was something where when kids came into it, they entered into the world of, of Poe and his students. We didn't want to, you know, bring Alexa into that. Um, you know, certainly she facilitates and gets you there, but you hear a gong at the very beginning when you invoke the skill. Ah, you made it up the stairs. Great. Welcome to Kung Fu Panda Paws of Destiny. And from that point forward, you are in the world of Kung Fu Panda. And so, you know, that was really important to us to be able to work with the, the with the voice actors and make sure that it sounded like Poe, um, make sure it sounded like the characters. And um, as far as the, the sounds go, you know, we really also 
examined. Uh, we had our, our team dug in and they really watched uh, every episode of the series that we knew we would be able to, to pull from. And so we, we marked down, you know, all the different sounds that were already part of that world that were already part of, as we think in systems, kind of like part of that, you know, um, the, the, the world that is Kung Fu Panda. And so we pulled those sounds in, found ways that they should, you know, play naturally along with the scripts that we were preparing. Um, and then, you know, where we had gaps, we worked with their creative team um, and our creative team to help fill those gaps in. Sounds like it's a, it's a bit different to what Rain have done in the past. You know, you look at the, the Campbells, the Tide, the Nike launch, the Unilever. Still, you know, this in, in, in this case, you're still working with a really big company, really big brand. But in terms of the type of experience that it is, it's it's not necessarily something that is... So, for example, I don't know whether or not Rain have done any other kind of kids' skills before. So what what was kind of different or what were your kind of main learnings coming out of, out of doing this in, in terms of doing something specifically for kids? Yeah, certainly had some learning specific to Kung Fu Panda, but um, I guess just to the first part of what you were talking about there, uh, we've been able and, and fortunate to work with a number of entertainment properties. So we did a skill for the movie Dunkirk. Uh, we did one for Scooby-Doo, where we got to work with the voice talent around Scooby-Doo and build kind of a, a mystery-based experience and game. We did Sesame Street when uh, they first launched uh, kid uh directed skills um, with uh, Amazon a couple of years ago. I guess it was last fall or so in 2017. Um, But we worked with Sesame Street at that point, and we've worked with, uh, they have a property called Ben 10 and another one called Lost in Oz. So we have some experience in the the space, which has been good. And so we, we, you know, understand, you know, the differences between a CPG and, and kind of building something in the entertainment space and what we're going to have to do there. Um, and certainly all of those different experiences have, uh, you know, some are more games and some are more, um, uh, promotional type experiences, but in the end, you know, we understand the story that we're trying to tell, regardless of whether that's a CPG or hospitality client or, you know, someone in the financial space even. Um, so that's kind of, you know, how we approach it. What story are we trying to tell? In the instance of Kung Fu Panda, it's actually funny how this comes full circle. As we were designing it, and it just unfortunately, like right near the end of it, you had uh, Paul or yeah, Paul Jackson, right from uh, the BBC, yeah, 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 yeah. and you know, a lot of what he was talking about, we were experiencing firsthand at the moment as he was talking about CBBs and, um, you know, how they were, uh, even, you know, he gave a great example about, uh, the recording process there and how they kind of recorded some scratch tracks with people internally. We hadn't done that. We learned the hard way on that one. And, uh, his, his advice is, is very true. People who are doing this should listen and, <laughs> and he follows advice because, uh, certainly you get into, uh, some times later on where you want to change it and it becomes harder, but we learned a lot, you know, and just in terms of, um, uh, similar things to what Paul was saying in some of his other conversation, but really just about, you know, uh, how you word things, you know, like what kids are going to interpret when you say something, um, uh, what's too challenging for a kid. Um, and even, uh, you know, as we're going through and building, let's say one of our chambers where we ask a question or we ask a, a kid to repeat some move that they just learned or the, 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 the call that they just heard, um, they, they, might not hear it the same way that we said it. Um, and that can be okay. So really planning through a variety of mappings to what they might say. So it's not just that it says, hi, maybe they heard hi or 
um, or some other kind of way at that. So being um, robust enough to understand that perfection can be different and it doesn't have to be uh, so right, especially in this world. You know, we're in, in the world of this kids uh, focused game around kung fu you know it's, it's already you know got a lot of um fun that's involved with it so why why stop that so you know really thinking through that putting people back on the right track so if, if they make a mistake making sure that we guide them in the right way and that we don't blame them and that we don't um chastise them that we give them a hint even about how to move forward but then also understanding that if they get it wrong a few times we don't want to keep them going forever in that kind of recursive loop and uh, you know, uh, see them, I guess, in the end, really not enjoy the time that they're having with us. And so you, at that point, even just giving them the option to move on and kind of uh, come back at it, maybe when the time is right, or, you know, there's, they've learned a little bit more, or whatever it might be. So, you know, I think we learned, I think some, t- some learnings that probably in general help you no matter where you are. But certainly, I think some of those ones around the production of it were really some things that we've taken because we do a lot with voice recordings, and you know that's important to to understand. A lot of those things you were mentioning seem to be pretty applicable, whether you're building for kids or otherwise. Does Rain have the philosophy that you have people who focus just on games and or just on business apps, or do you feel like? You know, there's enough overlap between the different types of things that you're going to do that it's really understanding voice in general that's more important. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely we are agnostic to uh, like a vertical. So like we 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 believe in what you're saying there in terms of um, that it's really not about you know the level of expertise you have in that we can become you know, knowledgeable on something. We can bring in people, maybe if we need to augment our, our talents, you know, if we need to understand, you know, the finance world better than we do, we can either make sure that we do our due diligence in the, in the strategy area and uh, learn it all, or we can bring in some, some assistance to help us. But it really is about like, it's, it's really about building a good conversation, you know, in the end. And I think that's kind of what we've um, focused in on as it comes to skills and actions. And, and in general, like, what do people want to talk about? How are they talking about it? what's the right path to progressively build this experience together? Um, and then, you know, how do we, how do we build something that is imbued with a little bit more emotional intelligence? Um, I know you've had seen before and, uh, he and I are, are working together on something related to emotional intelligence and kind of our thoughts on that, but it is so important to think through, you know, what it is that people are thinking, feeling, wanting, um, and make sure that we're not just talking to them to talk, that we're actually listening. And I think that's a challenge for anybody because, you know, a lot of brands, people, whatever, (laughs) we all kind of talk from our perspective. I'm this person. I have this to say, thank you very much. Like we're not always listening, even if we say we are. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. And our philosophy is, listen, build a good conversation, um, give people what they need, uh, and, you know, have a dialogue with them over time, not just maybe within this one channel, but across your many channels that you have. Hmm. Was there on just skipping back to the, the, the Kung Fu Panda, um, situation, you mentioned a few of the other, um, things that you've been working on around Sesame Street and, and a few other kind of experiences. Is there anything 
in particular that is different about your approach to design in terms of your process? Have you got a different process that you will, you'll use if you're designing something more kind of utility based than you would do if you were designing something more kind of like story or game based? What What is the, the general kind of process and does it change depending on what you're working on? It does. Uh, I don't know that it changes so much. You know, certainly the application of like, you know, what it is that we are building toward changes. Um, and so some of the the process may change, like, for instance, you know, the, the voice recording part of it, you know, or, um, you know, who we might bring in from our team to um, help write it because of the kind of more, you know, business bent they have versus a kind of a dialogue for entertainment driven side. But, um, but no, I mean, I think our process in general is relatively, you know, uh, similar in the sense that we are going to try to, we have these circles that we call them, but like we, you know, these, these areas of the, I mentioned them before, uh, just these business drivers. What is it that moves the business? Who are the, who's a consumer? What do they need? And what's the ecosystem that we live in? What's the reality of that? What technologies content, do we have and how do we find a way to move forward with those things in mind? You know, how do we make those be our kind of center of gravity, our North star that we can point to and say, we're being true if we do this. And then our process is very similar in the sense that, you know, we are going to go through and map out um, the features that kind of ladder back up to that. And then we're going to start to map that onto a, um, an initial conversation. Um, and then we're going to start to expand that out and, and um, design the conversation for all those error paths and variable paths and, um, you know, the nuances that we need to have. And then we'll layer on the production value and, and whether that be recording or whether that be uh, an associated visual for some, you know, some, some skills we have emails, you know, that we send out or, um, you know, even the account linking flow for a couple that we've built like Starbucks or, um, or Campbell's or any of the others from the past. But, you know, what are those other areas of APL? That's another, I mean, that's a huge area for skills and certainly, um, you know, is becoming one in the broader context of voice. What is that multimodal side of things? Um, so we really need to think through that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know if that answers your question, Kane, but it is something where our process is really meant to surface a good conversation and then we kind of can write to the individual nuances of the industry or whatever we're working toward. You spoke there about some of the stuff that you'd worked on in the past in terms of Starbucks and Campbell's and Tide. Were those all one-off things that you do and then you're finished with and we could ask that we could you know we could talk in the context of of kung fu panda as well like are these things that you create you launch you deliver and then you're finished with it or are these things that you create launch and deliver and then you have a roadmap and you're iterating on it and they're constantly living and improving over time yeah, I mean, the, the more fruitful ones, with every everything we build, we, we try to put a roadmap to it. So it certainly is something that we want to have. I think some, um, you know, you hit different places in time when you work with different organizations and they're ready to move on a roadmap and sometimes they're not. So I don't know that we've always been able to execute on our roadmap, but we certainly have one in mind. We always talk in the terms of crawl, walk, run. So like, what are we doing now? Kind of what's our MVP? What are we building towards in the long run? Where are we, where, where are we laddering toward, you know, in terms of uh, where this could evolve? So um, we definitely are thinking about that. Um, and, you know, it, it isn't always something that we get to do, though, I think is, is kind of the reality of it is. Um, but it is something that's 
uh, part of uh, the process and that we're preparing people, you know, even if it's not us that they continue to work with, we're giving them all the tools, the roadmap, the analytics, um, you know, the kind of the strategy, hopefully, if we've been able to work on that with them um, to move this forward when they're ready to. Okay, that's what I like to hear. Let's enter the third chamber. Uh, so, Greg, moving on a little bit, this Kung Fu Panda skill, how how is this promoted? You know, it's uh, such a big uh, topic of discussion among skill developers is getting that usage. How did you get uh, people to start using it? So we uh, certainly did our, our own promotion as much as possible via our channels, which only go so far. But Amazon, um, you know, having them as a partner here was, uh, you know, it was their in the end, it was a prime video series they were looking to promote. So they were able to uh, get some support for it uh, via some of the Alexa channels that exist. Um, and DreamWorks certainly did some promotion as well via um, their social. So, uh, you know, something that, um, you know, I'm sure there are, are uh, some other ways that it could get some word of mouth out there or even uh, get some visibility. Um, but it was promoted mainly uh, via Amazon and, and kind of via the Alexa channels to draw people into the experience. So what you're saying, if I understand correctly, is if you need to promote a skill, you need to ask Amazon and DreamWorks to promote it for you. And that and it'll be smooth sailing. Yeah, I mean, it's, no, I, I guess in the broader picture of how we promote or how we advise our brands to promote experiences, it's definitely a mix of paid, earned, and owned. Like you want to make sure that you, uh, it is not an if you build it, they will come world. Like that is something that no matter what we're building voice or not, that you're going to make sure you have drive people to it. I think people forget quite often because they get caught up in like, oh, we're going to have to spend a lot of money to promote the skill to get people to use it. Um, but there are so many people that they're already having a conversation with via their own channels that if you just do a little bit there, uh, that can help you dramatically. So uh, promoting on your own social channels, uh, you know, promoting on your website, sending the newsletters out to your, your lists and really doing, you know, your due diligence in terms of, um, you know, supporting it using the audience you have. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, it'd be great to go out and do some paid uh, as well. So if where you can, you know, making sure that you've you've done enough to capture an audience and kind of uh, bring some of those uh, voices in that you can talk to um, and then hopefully get some good reach, too. So the Jogos of the world, there's been a few good YouTube videos that have helped promote Kung Fu Panda. I saw one of uh, two sisters that were playing and actually acting the whole thing out. It was really cute. Um, so there's a, there's some of those moments that happen and, and that you can get some some reach maybe there as well. So is that part of Rain's offering then is the skill marketing? Uh, we will do some of that. Yeah, I mean, we, we focus a lot on the building, um, but we, we've definitely helped brands um, figure that out. Some have taken it on themselves. You know, like some of them, they really feel like they, you know, this, this becomes you know another initiative for them that they kind of have machines that drive forward on that and some great teams that do that already for them. Uh, but we have helped some brands um, figure out, you know, what is it, built some tools for them, whether that be a website or, you know, kind of um, some email marketing or whatever it might be to help them. So it, it's a conversation we're totally willing to have, you know, with anybody that needs that help um and of course you know uh, important to make sure that these things get seen because we could build the greatest thing in the world and it might get you know very little use and yeah 
I don't know, that could be good or bad. I, I guess it'd be bad in the sense of the people that paid for it and probably bad for the people that made it. But uh, I, I would say it probably nets out and not so great of a place. So getting as many eyes on it as possible is, is really helpful and we're willing to do whatever we can to, to try to get that to happen. Is it still, is it still kind of, because I, I know from, from, I know that this is on a, on a smaller scale, but, but doing the podcast, I know there's a, there's a lot of effort that goes into creating an episode. There's a lot of the time invested beforehand. There's a lot of time invested in the edit. And then by the time it's done, the next one is literally on your doorstep. So your, your attention focuses to get the next one ready. So it's kind of like, I can see how that bit might end up getting overlooked because, you know, I'm guilty of that myself in terms of not doing anywhere near enough promotion to, to get the word out about the podcast kind of thing. But is that something that, that as you're going through the process of creating the, these these voice experiences, is this something that brands are discussing and think thinking about throughout that process? Or is it a similar kind of thing where it's kind of like, okay, it's done now and, and it's kind of done and delivered? Are they thinking about it throughout or is it something that they think about afterwards? Yeah, that's definitely been something that's evolved uh, throughout this time that we've been working as well. Certainly now, yes, absolutely. People are, and we're trying to help them. So that's something that we bring into the conversation very early. Um, you know, like, how are you going to promote this? You know, what is the, we want to know what the measures of success are, but we also want to understand how are they going to take it out to the world and bring people in and where might we be able to help, you know, and, and, and start to have that conversation early. So yeah, absolutely. That's, that's something that, that brands are thinking about. Um, early. I don't know that it always gets the support that, you know, uh, that everyone would hope for, but, um, it definitely is something that, you know, we're trying to make sure that we think through and, and it's part of building a good experience too. If, if, for instance, with your podcast, you all do a great job with this. People talk about it. It starts to make its way around. It's uh, certainly made its way around rain in terms of, you know, wanting people to listen to it because it's something that you're sharing something of value. We have great conversations. And so if we're doing our job, right, there'll be a little bit of that as well, right? There'll be, if we can get it into the right hands, um, there'll be a little bit of, of, of kind of natural push that happens from it because we've done something that people want to come back to or that they want to share. Um, so we need to give them mechanisms to do that. But um, certainly is something that, that we think about as well, you know, making something that's people want to talk to and with. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, that is one of the hardest areas of all of this though, is making sure that we get people to the things that we make and, um, it's a, it's a, it's a good conversation, but one that I think brands understand they're going to have to get involved with, um, and support in some fashion. Mm. And I think that's, you know, certainly it's that, that what you were just saying there in terms of, um, the, the natural spread through people in the community and so like that. that's, that's exactly how I found out about Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> you know, that was through, through the, through the YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. It helps. And you know, it's, uh, it's good. It's, uh, it, it's helped keep that conversation going and I'm glad, you know, it's allowed for this one to happen. I think it's also allowed, we just launched a UK version on Friday. So, uh, it's a, it's a couple of days old, uh, from the recording of this, but it's, you know, it's something where we're hoping, you know, on a, in terms of a roadmap that perhaps, you know, some of that conversation that's happening that Jovo and others are helping, uh, spread around, uh, the world and that you all will know too, uh, might give this, uh, skill some additional legs to, uh, extend the conversation further. 
Well, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, I was testing it out before the call, and uh, you know, it, as I say, it's really good. I didn't realise it had only just been launched as well, so I'm lucky, lucky to be one of the people on there in the first few days. Um, <laughs> if people want to try that, the link will be in the show notes. I'll put the links to Voxer. You mentioned Lucid Charts as well. I'll put the link for that. Uh, I'll also link to the Paul Jackson podcast because that is an epic one for anybody designing anything for kids, and even not for kids, just design in general. It's a fantastic podcast. Uh, Greg, anything else that you'd like to share with, with the listeners? How can people reach Rain? How can people reach you? How can people figure out and find out what you're up to, reach out to you if they want to work with you, all that kind of stuff? What's the best thing for people to do? Sure, absolutely. Um, love to hear from anybody that wants to have a conversation. So uh, if, if you want to reach out, you can certainly find me. I'm uh, Greg H at rain.agency. Um, and uh, if it's a more kind of general question and you don't want to reach out to me directly, feel free to reach out at hello at rain.agency. But would love to you know talk to anyone and, and figure out how we might be able to help uh, or uh, just maybe augment some of the conversation we've had here. Cool. I can also vouch for the rain blog. Because you know you put you put a few things out there quite often and it is it is really good reading and the newsletter as well actually yeah, yeah I, I was going to say the rain newsletter yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. our yeah. Uh, our one of our founders uh, is the voice for our voice on voice now flash <laughs> too so feel free to check out our voice on voice flash briefing and you'll get to hear from uh, some of the people that made us so it's a big uh, we're we're doing more and more it's great to be able to talk about it though. Fantastic. Greg, this has been absolutely immense. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for the great questions and conversation. And uh, let me know if there's any other time we want to get on and talk more about voice. Always happy to do it. Oh, you have to go. Okay, we can pick up where we left off next time. That was Greg Hedges of Rain Agency. Such an interesting company, Rain. I mean, going from doing a lot of uh, visual stuff, website builds, digital marketing and, and digital sort of projects, pivoting solely into voice. Um, big big move, bold move, but it's obviously paying off. I mean, you heard the kind of clients they're working with, you know, they're working with Sesame Street, DreamWorks, Amazon, Unilever, Nike, Campbell's, Tide, you know, it's they are the place to go for for the, the big brands to create really, really good and world-class voice experiences and then to have the opportunity to speak to, to Greg and Nick and Matt um, this week as well is absolutely immense. Um, if you haven't listened to the podcast, I haven't debated when it's going to go out yet, actually. Either the one with Matt and Nick is going to be out before this or it'll, it'll follow this, either one. So if it is out before this and you haven't listened to it, go and check it out because it's going to be absolutely immense. Talking about the Nike case study, they use Google Assistant to launch a pair of trainers for Nike. And talking about Unilever as well, working with brand influencers and the crossover between voice and social and how, how voice is similar to, to social and or what social was when it was first kind of blowing up. So um, if it's out now, check it out. If it's not out now, uh, it'll be out later on this week. So so do pay attention and, and uh, jump on that. Um, but yeah, interesting to, to, to chat to Greg and, and see the journey that they've been on, you know, going from uh, pivoting straight into voice and, and how it's changed. Brands are now more educated than they were. And I've noticed that myself, you know, I was that the Technova Voice event a few weeks back and uh, did the kind of opening breakfast session there and usually last year when I was asking people what have they done in the voice space and are they involved in voice and, and you know or are they just kind of interested more often than not people are just interested you know sitting on the sidelines paying attention interested you know wanting to learn more but hadn't really done much in this space you asked the same question at events this year and most people have 
done something, they've actually they've either um, built a skill or they have a device or they are seriously thinking about it uh, for their brand. So the scene has moved on and Rain have obviously got some really great experience in terms of uh, tracking that that shift and, and, and the development so really interesting stuff and, and to learn uh, good to see that Greg is still uh, keeping his fingers in the old pie uh, keeping his uh, his oar in the dialogue design stuff and working on the Kung Fu Panda skill check it out if you've got kids and if you don't just check it out anyway because it's a, it's a good skill good sound design um, you know really really uh, professional sound and as you'd expect from, from DreamWorks and Amazon and Rain it's it's, it's really worth it um, really nice to see some of the processes used some of the workflow uh, and some of the some of the techniques used as well so yeah absolutely amazing thank you Greg for joining us thank you Dustin as always and always as always brother boys and girls thank you all for listening until next time see you later Bye.